pre-planned my funeral to make it easier on my family. They were relieved to know I'll get just what I want. My family actually thanked me for taking matters into my own hands. Turns out having this awkward conversation wasn't awkward at all. Pre-planning is my choice. There are certain things about me my family may not know. Now they won't need to guess. The choices are yours. The peace of mind is theirs. Pre-plan your funeral with Brown Funeral Homes and everything will be taken care of. Find out more online at brownfuneralhomeswv.com. Brown Funeral Homes, here for you. Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumpte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here, and uh, we'll uh, recap last night's volleyball game for you uh, with the sweep coming for as Musselman swept Washington, and uh, it seemed like that third set, Colin, was a little hard for uh, for the for the Musselman team. Yeah. It, Again, uh, another week where it was... Well, they kind of did the same thing that we saw against uh, Spring Mills and started with the uh, younger... Lady Appleman for Musselman to try to test that third set and see how the uh, freshmen and underclassmen could do against the uh, starters for Washington. And once they realized it was close about midway through, uh, Coach March decided to put in a couple of the starters, and that's when they broke away to be able to get the sweep. But I'm still very impressed with uh, Musselman's performance. I thought that they dominated yet again, which is what was expected of them and they'll continue to roll throughout the state. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be a uh, competitive team throughout the state and looked really good, especially in those first two sets, you know, dominating uh, Washington. And like Colin said, you know, we're able to work in some of those younger players, and I thought those players were still competitive, even though they maybe didn't perform at a, at a level that you'd want them to, a little bit sloppy at times, but... That's to be expected when you have a young group out there. And then they were able to mix in their veterans and uh, secure that win. So, again, it's you know a Muslim team that just challenged itself down at Florida. Had some losses, but those were some really good teams. And then they come back up here to Eastern Panhandle, and things seem probably a lot easier for them when you after you already you know dom- or played some good teams down in Florida. So, uh definitely a good way to, for them to respond after that tournament and to get that win last night in three sets and uh so first set 25 7 second set 25 11 and four set 25 to 18 nick do you have that game winning set that i cut i don't all right then i guess we won't do that then uh but uh muscleman lady appleman will be down at the rocky top classic in tennessee this weekend um before they uh, come back to EPAC play next week. What game do we have next week? Because Colin McLaughlin back on the broadcast next week with Jim down in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I'll have to double-check which one we have for next week on Tuesday. Hold on. It's okay. I know what it is. Well, then, what is it? It's Musselman. No, it's not. I had that wrong. That's why I was going to go look. You can look. 
All right. It's Martinsburg at Spring Mills. That's what it is. There you go. And then the following one's Musselman at Martinsburg, that's, September 20th. That's see, the that's, one that you I were looked, thinking of yes. the September 20th, but nope. Yes, I knew Martinsburg was involved, but I didn't. I was thinking about the wrong. Yeah, Martinsburg at Spring Mills. So we go back to the Cardinal Coliseum. You ready to get back on the mic? Wasn't it? It's It'll weird. be interesting. Two it's been weird not being on it because it, I feel like it, it's a different type of focus that you need, and that's what I like. I like being able to be in that type of focus with the headsets on and watching the game in that aspect rather than through a camera. Yeah. Uh, but uh, EPAC Volleyball just ramping up here. Uh, we'll get into double games, I believe. What did I say yesterday? I think it's like four straight weeks after next week. Yes. Because next week we shifted some things around. Jim's going down to Myrtle Beach for a conference, I believe. Uh, so we didn't want to get you know give two games next week. So he's ended up adding that August 30th game instead. Uh, but we'll have one game next week and then two games, I believe, for four straight weeks after that. And then the playoffs begin. Um but uh, let's now transition into high school football. The Hedgesville Eagles are 2-0 and now, and Colin caught up with head coach Matt Faircloth yesterday. As we're now joined on the program by the Hedgesville Eagles head coach, Matt Faircloth, and Coach Faircloth, another impressive win for your team. What would you like from them? I uh, came out and competed. You know, they kept the ball out of our hands. You know, they ran an offense that, you know, limited us to 40 offensive plays all night. So the biggest thing was when we had the ball, we actually executed. 2-0 is the record for your Eagles now this season. What has changed program-wise? Uh, I mean, the standard. Uh, I think they know what the standard is now. And for us, it, you know, we, we've been saying it all along. Uh, our goal is to play off, and, and every kid bought into it. And, you know, it's a locked-in group that, you know, these kids aren't just on the team. They, you know, on the weekends, they're hanging out with each other. They go places together. This is this is truly one of the most together teams I've ever had. And the offense continues to really explode and light up the scoreboard. What have you liked, especially from your quarterback in Jackson West? Making reads and getting the ball out to the playmakers. I mean, you know, we got some guys on the edge that, you know, if we can get the ball in their hands, they can do some things. And, you know, our O-line up front giving him time and the biggest thing is is, you know these kids are capable of anything it's just now that they're actually preparing and seeing everything come full fold and they're seeing how it's going to be executed they're going to have big success a chance to go three and oh up against east fairmont this week what does your team need to do to get a win just keep getting better uh you know there's some there's some little things we got to clean up this week and you know just keep sticking to the game plan what the game plan is and you know not getting off of it not getting crazy penalties or, or turning the ball over and you know just keep playing the way we have the last two weeks but just fine tune things what have you seen from the bees of east fairmont so far that you guys need to make sure to stop uh, they spread the, they spread the ball around here you know, spread team uh got a couple guys on the edge that you know can go get the football the quarterback's really got a good arm mobile uh, line up front they block inside zone really well so for us it's going to be you know we're going to stay alignment assignment and going to have to go make plays. The defense continues to uh, do well as well, only giving up a total of 22 points now. What have you guys really been working on defensively that's worked? The biggest thing is, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, and especially on the defensive line the last two weeks, playing single wing teams and on the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think it all starts up front on both sides of the ball for us, but the, that D line up front has really, uh, really been pushing the offensive lines back and linebackers that our young linebackers are stepping up and making plays. All right, thank you, and good luck Friday. Take care. That was head coach for the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth. Colin caught up with him yesterday, and this Eagles team seems to be pretty impressive so far. 
Yes, they are, and I think that they have another chance to get a win this week and go 3-0, and and that puts them in a pretty solid position to continue to roll and possibly make the playoffs, which is their goal. I like this team, especially the offense, but that defense is really picked up as well, only allowing 22 points in the two games, so an average of 11. That's very impressive for this team. Yeah, and you know, I think if they pick up a win this week, they'll be 3-0. and then they'll have two really tough games in a row against Morgantown and Martinsburg. Um, and then I think that if you can kind of – you could be three and two at that point. I think you're in a good place through five games because last year they finished the season four and six. So, I mean, it's just continued improvement. That's what we talked about this Hedgesville team all, all along. Yeah, they're definitely a team that I think – could get to the 3-0 and this week and be a potential contender for a playoff spot. And I wouldn't necessarily chalk up an L against Morgantown either. I mean, I think that's a win. Morgantown did just beat Bridgeport, though. They did, yeah. But I, I, we don't really know about Hedgesville because while they are 2-0, and they have these wins, and we haven't seen them against really a top AAA-type contender this year. So that will be interesting to see, but... Obviously, they're focused on this week against East Fairmont. And I think it's just good to see Hedgesville football being relevant um, because they do have a pretty passionate fan base. uh, And it's just usually a program that in other sports is pretty competitive. So over the years, they just had this this down stretch here in football, but it does seem like they might be on the way back under head coach Matt Faircloth. So give a lot of uh, credit to him and now Hedgesville is a team that you can't take lightly, it appears, after these first two weeks, and we'll see how they continue to build and progress as the season goes on. But you got to like this team. I mean, they have really everything you look for offensively, and then defensively they've been really good as well. So I'm excited to see their game against Musselman on uh, the 7th of October. I think that that could be a very, very good game. We'll have that game for you on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube, Talk Radio WRNR with Martinsburg playing the next day against Riverside of Ohio. Um, You know, I think it's really telling the way this team is. And, you know, we've talked to them. They seem like they're a very tight-knit group. And the way that Coach Faircloth talks about it, I think they are a very tight-knit group. And where they are hanging out on the weekends after, you know. And, you know, we saw it when we were there for their first game. They were all leaving at the same time. They were having some fun. And I don't think that you saw that on last year's team or the team before that. Well, that's exactly what Coach Faircloth just said in the interview as well. This team, not only on the field, is always hanging out, but every single weekend, even after practice and school, they're all together. They are that tight-knit group, and the team chemistry has really exploded in Hedgesville, and that's really helped them out. I think that started to build probably last season when they got those wins. Uh, and started to build that confidence that Hedgesville can be relevant and can be a contender, and I think that that carries over into this year, and they're off to a good start, so we'll see how things continue as they can uh, get more challenges as the season goes on. Again, they're at East Fairmont, a double-A team this week. Is that correct? I believe East yes. Fairmont is yes. double-A. East Fairmont coming in 1-1, one and one, Hedgesville looking to go 3-0. and oh. uh, We'll move over to... The next matchup, we'll have both coach. We'll hear from both coaches here. Uh, uh, Musselman coming off that big loss to Martinsburg, where they were in it at half. It was twenty-six to twenty. They were down by six, and they seemed to put together a, a very good end to the second half. But 
things kind of just fell apart. Here's uh, Coach Thomas with uh, when Colin caught up with him yesterday. Coach Thomas, a tough one against Martinsburg in the second half, dropping that game. But what did you like from your team, especially in the first half? Uh, yeah, we did some good things. I mean, you know, we, we, we competed. We, you know, we got down early. We really didn't open the game too well, um, you know, falling down two touchdowns early. And then, you know, we had a big defensive touchdown on a scoop and score. Uh, that, that got us a little bit of momentum and a little bit of confidence. And then, you know, we kept fighting uh, there in the first half. You know, after that, we had two uh, touchdown passes from Hartman to Adamas. And, you know, that kind of kept us in the games, you know, to go into halftime only down a touchdown. We saw some good things. And then, you know, we opened up the second half with a chance to, to take the lead. Uh, you know, we, we dropped the touchdown. Um, you know, to start the second half that, that would have put us in the lead. And then I, I think that really deflated us. And then, you know, the other thing I think deflated us was giving up the 98-yard uh, rushing touchdown was a, was a really big momentum swing in the game. But, uh, you know, we did some good things. You know, I, I think any game, whether you win or you lose, uh, you're going to do some good stuff and you're going to do some bad stuff. We just got to kind of continue to build off of that. How is uh, Baden currently right now health-wise? Yeah, he's 100%. You know, he started he, – he had a few uh, – he just had a few calf cramps there. Uh, you know, we, we were running them a lot in the second half. So, you know, his, his legs were, you know, understandably tired. We put a lot of weight on his shoulders, uh, you know, the entire season, but, you know, especially in that game. So, you know, he's he's 100%. He's fine. You know, we, we brought him out of the game there and uh, and stretched him out a little bit. And then, you know, actually when he was good to go, I, I took a timeout to get him back in the game just because I wanted him back in. You know, if he's good, you want him in the game. So, uh, you know, he finished that game for us and came back in uh, and could have kept going if we, you know, if it would have been a tighter game, we, we could have kept going. He could have played more in that game. So he's 100% health-wise. What's your team looking to build on coming into this week three matchup against Jefferson? I think there's some things we have to get better at. You know, at, at the same point, you know, we – you know, we dropped the game. We, we, we lost the game. You know, unfortunately, since I've been here at Musselman, we, we haven't been undefeated. So, you know, there, there's never been a year that, you know, we haven't had to bounce back from a loss at some point in the season. So there's, there's a lot of season to look forward to still, and we have a lot of things to continue to build on. So um, just staying together, you know, that, that's, that's what I told the kids after the game is, is, you know, you can't change the past. It is what it is. We lost the game. Now we have to – uh, grow from that loss and just build a little bit in the future. So, um, you know, I still like our team, still like our chances, still like everything that we have ahead of us. You know, we just got to learn to to stay together in adversity. What have you seen from your opponent in Jefferson this week? Uh, Jefferson's good. I mean, there, there's there's no doubt. You know, they, they return all the receiving threats they had last year. They have a lot of team speed. Uh, they have a lot of playmakers. You know, they're a team that if you don't, if you don't play something right or if you blow a coverage, they're going to you know, they're going to turn it into to six points really quick. So um, just a lot of explosiveness out of what they do. Uh, they're really good defensively. Uh, they fly to the ball. They read their keys well. Uh, you know, they, they you know, they're, they're, there's a reason they were a good squad last year and they went to the playoffs and, you know, were able to win a playoff game and make a little run. And, and you know, they return a good core of that playoff team. So, you know, we got we to gotta be ready to go again this week. What's your team need to do to get a win? Four more points. <laughs> that's, 
I mean, it really, I mean, I, I, mean, I say that jokingly, but honestly, we have to, I, I, I kind of joke there, but it's kind of serious too, you know, offensively, you know, we have to be able to sustain drives and put points on the board. And then, you know, defensively, we, we have to get stops and get off the field. You know, those were, those were two things last Friday night against Warrensburg we couldn't do. We couldn't sustain drives. And then we couldn't get off the field. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't care if we win by a point. I don't care if we win by six points. You know, as long as we, at the end of the day, you know, to get a win, we just need to get, you know, at least one more than them. So, however we have to get that done, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I want to see us. I just want to see us compete and continue to, to, to fight and to work together. All righty, Coach Thomas. Thank you and good luck Friday. Hey, thanks. I appreciate all you guys do. All right. That was Head Coach Brian Thomas. Colin caught up with him yesterday. Uh, this team one and one, twenty-seven nothing shutout of Spring Mills to start the season. And then they fell sixty-two to twenty, uh, being shut out in the second half after uh, being down just six at halftime. And um, you know, there's a lot that went down in that second half. And you know, I wasn't the only one. I think you kind of took notice of it too. Is Baden Hartman was out of the game. He kind of looked like cramps, but you never know at that point. You never knew. That's why you had you had to ask coach. Thomas about it because you never know was it cramps or was it something else and luckily it was just cramps yep just cramps so he'll be ready to go hopefully 100% coach Thomas says he will be 100% for Jefferson but they'll definitely need him at 100% to be able to uh, lead the team to victory and it'd be a big victory against Jefferson yeah it's definitely a uh, big game Uh, two teams that are you know fighting for playoff spots I think this year in the EPAC and two teams that we have pretty high expectations for and like we said in the preseason you know Musselman's schedule just gets tougher and tougher uh you know one of the toughest in the state I mean Martinsburg's obviously a a tougher opponent probably than Jefferson is this year but still another quality opponent on their schedule um and then they'll just keep going up against some really good teams in the state so they need this win I think they need Baden Hartman to be successful this year good news is he will be out there and it should be a really good football game. I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. It was also so great to watch to see. that connection of Baden Hartman and Ray Adamas. Because, you know, we've talked about it a lot. And I think seeing it in action in that first half was was really good to see what they could do together. And I think they are one of the top duos in the in the whole state. Yeah, we saw two touchdowns between the two of them. One seemed to be a false start but then the other that could have been a touchdown was at the start of the second half in which uh just went off the hands of Adamas and that could have really flipped the script if he caught it because that would have tied the game yeah and potentially extra point away from taking the lead that would have been did have a penalty on that play that's true too yeah it kind of evened itself out on that one but they had their opportunities to definitely make things interesting maybe a little bit longer than what people thought and uh, but that also wasn't the team. only time that there was a big shot that was just barely yeah. missed for them. That was just one that really stood out. Yeah, I would tend to agree on that. And uh, you know, they're going to be playing a Jefferson team this Friday that uh, you know took a bad loss, forty-two to I believe twenty-one to Sherando out of Virginia. But this team has still got those big weapons. And here's Coach Craig Hunter as Colin caught up with him yesterday. As we're now joined by Jefferson head coach and Craig Hunter and Coach Hunter, a tough loss this week. What did you like from your team, though? Um, you know, um, they didn't quit. They didn't give up. Um, 
all through the adversity that we saw on Friday night, through all the turnovers, uh, they kept playing hard and um, kept trying to get back into the game. What does your team need to uh, work on this week to bounce back against a tough Musselman opponent? Don't turn the ball over. That's the main thing is don't turn the ball over four times. That is one of the main things. And uh, tackle better. We just have to tackle better. It can be stout in the middle and tackle better. Uh, Musselman does a lot of downhill running. Um, I'm pretty see a lot of that this week, so we need to make sure we tackle better and then um, make sure we cover Shelton and the Adamas kid. What else have you seen from your opponent in Musselman that you need to stop? Uh, your typical Musselman team, they're, you know, they're a well-coached team. Um, they are, they're aggressive. Um, they'll get after you, um, and they, they run the ball well, and they got some athletes uh, running the system that they're running this year, so I think they're, they do a good job what they do, and uh, we just got to um, stay the course, make, like I said, tackle better, don't turn the ball over, and Cover those two those two kids that are dynamic for them in the game with this Shelton kid and the Adamas kid. Week three of the season is the team at the point where you expected them to be so far. There's still some things that they need to improve on. I mean, there's still some things we can always improve on. So we're still looking to improve on things this week. Like I said, defensively, we want to make sure we tackle better. Offensively, we want to make sure we take care of the ball security. Don't turn the ball over, especially um, down near the red zone. I mean, that's just crucial. You know, those are costly turnovers that, that hurt us on um, Friday night. So we want to make sure we take care of the ball this week. At the beginning of the season the question was who was going to be the starting quarterback to replace Sammy Roberts after last season in the season that he had what have you liked from uh, Quinton so far trying to replace Roberts just uh he keeps getting after it um week to week uh, you know he keeps trying to progress keeps trying to get better um that's just the things that we got to continue to get to continue to see from him is for him to keep getting better at position all righty thank you coach Hunter and good luck Friday yeah whoa what conversations bleeding over here uh but uh thanks to coach craig hunter for talking with colin yesterday we'll catch up with washington patriots head coach glenn simpson and spring mills head coach josh sims after the show today um easier on the schedules to not have them live just because you know they're teachers too they they, they got to work during the day as well so we'll catch up with them you'll hear those interviews tomorrow um but the it's a matchup of two one-on-one teams that seemed to be kind of, you know, preseason rankings, they were supposed to be two and three in the EPAC. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a good game uh, between these two teams on Friday night. Do you think this separates one team from another and who's two? Probably. I mean, at least early in the season, you would look at it as if Jefferson were to fall to one and two, and let's say the game's not as close as maybe we were anticipating then you would definitely give Musselman an edge. But also we know that that Musselman schedule is very tough, so maybe Jefferson can pick up some wins in the non-conference that eventually put them ahead of the Appleman. But I think in terms of what you're feeling about each team's potential, uh, this win can definitely put you in that right direction that if Musselman were to go to 2-1 and one and have a pretty good win over Jefferson – um, then you would you would feel like that team's going to be a playoff team, uh, depending on whoever wins this one. Um, and, and I think it's pretty similar to that Spring Mills Washington game we had last week, because Washington now falls to zero and two. And if you had high expectations for them, you know things are definitely not looking that great. And now Spring Mills sitting at one and one, it's like hey maybe they can get to five hundred and maybe make the playoffs this year. So it, it definitely it's early in the year, but I think it does do a little bit for how you're reading each team at this point in the season my answer to that question is no because right now neither of those teams are number two so it's not going to be whether they knock the other one off this week between Musselman and Jefferson to get to that number two spot 
one of those teams have to knock off the current number two team, and I'd put that as Hedgesville right now being the 2-0 team. And funny you bring that up. I was going to bring up a point here before we hit the break. You know, looking at Jefferson's schedule, the way that it shapes up is, you know, they started the season with those two out-of-state teams in Virginia, Millbrook, and Sharando. Then they have two EPAC games, uh, one home, one away, and Musselman, and then at Spring Mills next week. Then they play the two teams from Hagerstown, north and south, respectively, one home, one away. And then they play James Maria. And then the last three weeks, you know, maybe the, la- the, the two out of the last three weeks are really going to be the tough time. You're going to play Martinsburg. Then you're going to go to Hedgesville, and then you're going to play the Jefferson County rivalry. So I think that depending on where things go, it's going to be kind of a coin flip for a lot of these teams. Who's going to make the playoffs down to the final couple weeks? And I like that the schedules are set up like that. Makes it for a fun end of the year. Yeah, I think it really does. Well, I think we said you know before the year that we don't expect any team in the Eastern Panhandle to be out of it come the final few weeks of the season so i would expect that as well still that we're gonna see probably everybody finish at least you know three and seven four and six uh which would put you you know in competition throughout the last few weeks it really will and that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford ken parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on their side of this break we'll get into some nfl news also shepherd uh, more honors for a player that stood out in last week's game. We'll get into that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. We'll blow away with this new You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Wednesday, September 7th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Two days away uh, from another Friday night football. But three days away from the Shepherd home opener, Nick. We are, yeah. Big game this Saturday for Shepherd against Edinburgh, a team that last year pulled off some major upsets, not typically a powerhouse program in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, but they are a team that seems to be getting a little bit better, and they're 1-0. They got a 10-7 win to start off their season. So we'll kind of see how th- how they're able to compete with Shepard uh, this year, but they beat IUP last year, so they had some big upset wins. And uh, should be an interesting game, and it's always fun uh, to have a Rams home game. It is always fun, and one guy that – uh, played pretty well, pretty well, really well, excuse me, in the first game, was Marlon Cook. Eight catches for 154 yards and a pair of touchdowns in that 48-7 to victory over Southern Connecticut State. He was honored yesterday as being named to the D.C. Touchdown Club honor roll. He's one of eight student-athletes to be honored. And uh, we saw this a few times last year with, was it Hebron? Yeah, Hebron Diamond. got that. I think uh, a few others received it as well. But... Um... Definitely, you know, a guy that that's going to be a big contributor for Shepard this year offensively. Is really that tall, you know, typical number one type receiver build, uh, and he made some big plays. So I think there's definitely some excitement surrounding him. He could have had another touchdown, uh, but he dropped it. I think there was a penalty though on the play, so it might have been 
called back anyway, but um, definitely a big playmaker for the Rams and part of that exciting offense in a position where we weren't certain who was going to step up. We had heard good things about Marlon Cook, and he went out and performed in week one. So hopefully he can continue for the Rams throughout the season. Yeah, and he was on this list with the likes of guys from USC uh, because I believe the D.C. Touchdown Club recognizes players that went to high school in the DMV. Uh, USC quarterback Kayla Williams was a Gonzaga College high school product. Um, then you got John Morgan III from Pittsburgh. Uh, Damatha, uh, Catholic guy. Um, Minnesota running back Mo Ibrahim, a good counsel product. Wake Forest quarterback Mitch Griffith, broad run product. Um, and then Penn State offensive tackle Ula Fashuna is a Gonzaga product as well with uh, Marlon Cook going to Potomac High School. Uh, so probably expect him to be on this list quite a few more times this season. Yeah. Like hey, Hebron he Can he be to, on uh, every week? I don't know. That's a good question. If you do, then you become the D.C. Touchdown Club Player of the Year probably. If it's possible, I think he has a good chance. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely stepped up, and we'll hopefully he'll continue to be stepping up on this team. Uh, we'll be out at practice today getting some interviews for Saturday's game, Nick. Uh, but, you know, what a, what more about this team do you think that Shepard's going to have to do to, you know, the surprising Edinburgh team from last year? Uh, just, you know, execute like they did this past week. Um, you know, you can't overlook Edinburgh. Obviously, that – you know, first game, they didn't look super flashy, but they found a way to get a win. Um, but they're a tough football team. They got a lot of new guys that kind of had played a little bit last year. So it's an experienced but inexperienced team there for Edinburgh. Um, and the Rams definitely, I think, gelled well last week defensively. So it's very similar, I think, to their week one game in terms of how they're going to approach things. Um, and I think I think it's a winnable football game. Just need to you know execute and not take Edinburgh lightly because, like I said, they had some big wins last year. They're one and zero this year, so it does seem like they're starting to maybe build something there, where they could be you know a pretty competitive team in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. Yeah, yeah. you don't really need to change anything. I mean, you only had one turnover, the interception, which obviously Tyson Bajant wants to change and have no turnovers, but one. One's not too bad. I mean, and he was trying to make a play. I mean, exactly. On a route there, so it's not so. it's not something to hang your head on because everything else was fantastic. Almost 400 passing yards, five touchdown passes. Your rushing attack was fantastic, and the defense was pretty great as well. So there's not much to change. You just got to go out there and perform like you did, and I think they'll be fine. Uh, before we take a break, since we're kind of switching some topics around today. Uh, Jimbo Fisher to WVU. He said, never say never. Home is home. Interesting. Most coaches would completely shoot it down if they were, you know, not looking to leave. Yeah. Where is Jimbo Fisher anyway? He's at a and Texas a and Yeah, I was about to say, never mind. I totally... Which is kind of crazy. He right said, now is the top 10 team in the nation. He yeah. said to Alyssa Osborne of WDTV5 in Bridgeport, quote, you so. never say never in this business and home is home. West Virginia is always dear to my heart. I love them and I've always rooted for them my whole life. You never say never in this business where it takes you. I'm happy where I'm at and I love where I'm at, but home is home. It could also just be like, hey, if I need a job and the Mountaineers come calling, I'll take it. 
Yeah. You don't want to ever close the door on anything. Could also That's be true. the Jimbo Fisher approach there. But why get Jimbo if you can get Nick Saban? Just get all the West Virginia people. You can't really get Nick Saban because he just signed a big contract. Could you imagine if the West Virginia coaches stayed in West Virginia, how good the two D1 schools would be? Or if they just made one, like, super coaching staff. Exactly. That'd be crazy. At West Virginia, though. Yeah. (laughs) Not Marshall. Well, I mean, Marshall couldn't afford that. Yeah. Neither could West Virginia. Unless they went to Notre Dame every week. That's why they're not there. (laughs) Or any school, really, for Um, that matter. Former West Virginia player is in the news this week. Pat McAfee, he will join. He's always in the news. Yes, because he does a daily sports show. Uh, he's going to be on. He, You know, you saw him a few years back. He was on college game day doing some dumb stunts. You know, he jumped off a boat into the water, I believe, Yes. at one point. Uh, but he he always calls it up to something season. He said, I still got something up my sleeve like two weeks ago. I thought he was going to be doing the Amazon NFL coverage. Nope. He has joined college game day permanently this season. Permanently? Yeah. He, he During the COVID year, I believe he did a betting segment with them where he was in a studio and he was hammering down bets. Uh, but now he's going like to be, be on full time. I think that's pretty interesting. And uh, I've always said as soon as he originally started that he needs to be somebody that they do this with because he has that charismatic and he's type got a personality. He's a he has the character. People love watching him. And especially hate to say it because Lee Corso's legendary. You got to realize he's getting up there in age. He doesn't have that many years left. And who else than Pat McAfee to try to fulfill that role? I don't know if I want him to have the big picks with the heads like him, but he could He'll fill make that role pretty well. Exactly. He has that character to fill that spot when Corso has to leave. So I think it's a good decision. I could see that working. I don't think they'll have him do it, obviously, right now. I think they'll keep, you know, kind of the main guys as the main guys, and he'll probably hop in as an extra person there. But since he's on there permanently now, it's a smart move, I feel like, for the people that might not know Pat McAfee yet. Because obviously our generation does. Yeah. But maybe the older generation that isn't too familiar can get used to him. My question is, how is this guy living? He's, he's going to be really busy. He's, you know what he does on Friday nights? He doesn't stop. You know what he does Friday I know. nights? WWE SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Unless he stops with that. You never know. Plus, he's got his daily show every weekday. And he's doing, uh, did you see what he's doing with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions? That's true, too. He's doing like a Manning cast yep, for college football. He's doing some sort of Manning eight, cast. Eight, he has to go eight, from wherever WWE is on Fridays. To wherever college to game college day college game day. But he has the money. That's fine. Or ESPN. He's will got get the him a private jet. jet. Somebody yeah. will get him a private jet. So I don't know. What a tough life for Pat McAfee. How he's does he make that work? Friday night SmackDown. I don't know. Friday night SmackDown's Fox. Day. This is ESPN. and he's got a family. How does how does he pull just, it off? He's man. just his own individual he person. He's not. Hey, well, yeah, entitled yeah. to one company. But how does one co- like how does a company not get the contract won- with that? You know what I'm saying? Want him for just what's crazy is like a year ago, him and ESPN were feuding. And then that's kind of I don't know. It's kind of why he did cast because it's Omaha production, so it's not being paid by ESPN. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and Designer Bedding, Outdoor Living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Go to Orsini's.com for more on their side of this break. Uh, we'll talk some uh, more NFL. We'll get into that NFL news we we're talking about after this two minute break. You're tuning to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 back in two minutes. 
Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Uh, talk a little about the Steelers first. Do we really talk about it yesterday? About Mitch Trubisky being named the starter? Nope. I thought Mitch, we did. We talked about it, I think, talked off about the it air. after, yeah. Uh, Mitch Trubisky will have, has true. officially been named the starter, but we've long suspected that. But kind of surprising here. Kenny Pickett won the backup job. This is where you trade Mason Rudolph. Nobody so wants who? Mason exactly. Rudolph. I don't know. Maybe the team that's needs I mean, a maybe in a few weeks if somebody gets hurt and somebody's looking for a quarterback. But I think you keep Rudolph around anyway because of him knowing the system. It's pretty clear that the Steelers don't want to rush Pickett into things. So if you have a guy that already kind of knows the system there that can uh, help bring Kenny Pickett along because – even if somebody has an injury at quarterback and they think that Mason Rudolph would be the best solution for their quarterback needs. Yeah. They also, what are they going to offer? A seventh round pick? Yeah. Mason Rudolph than a seventh round pick. Maybe not. Yeah. I, I would personally. Also according to Ian Rappaport of that seventh rounder being something good. According to Ian Rappaport, the C, the Steelers have restructured the contract of TJ Watt to create six point seven five million of space. A uh, little operating room before the season starts, which could help you if there are some injuries there and you want to make a trade. Uh, the big news, though, comes out yesterday. The Steelers are going to finally retire Frank o. Harris's, or Franco Harris's number 32 to honor the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Yep, I was about to say he's not Irish. It's Frank O. Yeah. Harris, not yeah. Frank O. o Harris. Harris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Frank O. Harris. Big. This is pretty big. That's only the it is. third. It's well deserving. It's only the third player to have their uh, jersey retired. Ernie Stotner, number seventy, and Mean Joe Green, number seventy-five, are the only other two Steelers to have their jerseys retired. Yeah, the Steelers have a lot of unofficial retired, like a lot jerseys, of the teams, do. like most teams do. Um, but I guess that's pretty cool. I mean, it makes sense. Franco Harris has had his jersey like unofficially retired for a very long time, so. Uh, the official retirement can kind of be a part of that 50-year anniversary celebration if they have something corny like that, I don't know, for just one play. But it is obviously a very well-known play. It's a historic part of NFL yeah, history. it really is. I mean, there's a statue of it in the Pittsburgh airport, so yeah. they probably will. Do they put a statue at uh, Akersher? I almost said Heinz. They're they still the Heinz end zone, remember. It's the Heinz end zone. Yeah, but it's Akersher Stadium. They might already have a statue of it. I don't know. I don't know. I've been, been there, there, but I don't. I know they have it at the airport. I've yeah. seen it at the airport. I I know they. I think they might have something. We need like a yinzer to answer the question on Facebook. Well, or just I have to ask my mother. Just ask uh, Rob. Rob. Probably All right. Yenzer. Last bit of NFL news: Chicago Bears. Hey, they've released plans for a 326-acre property that includes construction of a dome stadium. Nick's think, Nick, this is terrible. Nick thinks the Bears are going soft. I hate this. Soldier Field. You played there forever. They're also moving to Arlington Park, which is like 30, 45 minutes away. Look, I'm not a Bears fan. Okay, I don't care about the Bears. <laughs> the Bears. 
The Bears. But the Bears play outside. That's how they've all – football's meant to be played outside, first of all, but certain cities aren't allowed to build domes, and Chicago is one of them. Chicago, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, any, anyone that's like a tough city, you know, you can't, you can't play inside. But if you want the money, if you New want England. the Super Bowl, if you want concerts, if you want Final Fours, anything that makes you that revenue also, other than the football season – you need a dome. Also, they're making it a whole complex, just kind of like the uh, the New Jerry England World. has done. No, well, okay. kind of like New England has done. What are they going to do with Soldier Field? Tear it down. Tear it down. You can't tear Probably. it down. I mean, what about RFK? They're tearing that down. Eh. Eventually, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care if they tear it down, honestly, because it's just a stadium. But they're, they're looking to get a Super Bowl, college football playoff, and a exactly. Final Four. That's what. Uh, no. You gotta go with the dome, man. No, they play outside in Chicago. Not anymore. Things change. That that takes a huge home field advantage for the Bears. All their playoff games the that Bears. they have at home. <laughs> <laughs> just just pause, pause right now on what you said, and we'll let you think about it as we go to break. Okay. All right. Justin do. Fields' new era. <laughs> that'll do it for this segment. Maybe this is the why they haven't mix. had a good quarterback ever because they play outside. Uh huh. Yeah. Segment brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On this side of the break, we'll wrap things up. Talk a little baseball. That's next after this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your September 7th, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Amerius, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. I know Phil will be a little happy next week because he'll get to see you back on the headset for some volleyball. Maybe we get him on the headset. Uh, he I mean, said he was done. PA announcing. He, he did. He, he used he, to. He was on the microphone. Little did you know, he actually used to do color. I know. He said he's I, I done. I did know. Little he said did he's I re- know. I knew. He, did he it said he's Crawford. retiring. He said he's retired. He's done from. Because I joked. I'm pretty sure I joked with him. I said, well, get you back on the mic. He goes, no, no, I'm retired from that. So. Things can change. I guess so. Tom Brady reti- decided he didn't want to retire exactly. anymore. Brett Favre. Brett did Favre. How many times? Twice. Phil McCoy. At least. Three legends right there. Yeah, but then what happens to Jim Klein? It's only for just one a brief one night time. only. Yeah. It's one a one night. day contract. One mm-hmm. night and one more to retire song. his jersey. Yeah, at WRNR. <laughs> All right, let's talk baseball with the last few minutes we've got here. Uh, the Nats fell unfortunately yesterday. Paulo Espino on the mound still has not won a game this year. Zero and seven. Didn't expect them to win yesterday. Uh, Joey Manessas, though, I believe he has the. Most hits in 29 games for a rookie ever on the Nats. That's good. Yeah. It's those little things that you got to work on. For, right? Especially for a guy that wasn't a top prospect. He'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Nats back Not prospect-wise, but talent-wise, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you can't be a prospect after the MLB. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, the Nats back in action tonight against the Cardinals for Game 3. 7.45 will be a 7.15 pregame show right here. That still wasn't the dumbest thing that was said today, though, Nick. I know we're still (laughs) laughing about it. Abbott on the mound for the Nats. Then they close out the series tomorrow. At the one fifteen game, will join the broadcast at 1 p.m. after the show. Josiah Gray takes them out against Wainwright. Um, then they have a fill. They're at the, excuse me. They're at the Phillies for the weekend, and then they have day two days off next week. Very odd. They got a Monday and a Thursday off because they play the Orioles at home, and the Nats will beat the Orioles. Speaking that into existence right now. Speaking of the Orioles, uh, they get they get a win last night. They back yeah. on track. They did. Against the comeback win or chirping, it was a big, it was a big win though, right? Because it was against the Blue Jays. Yes, so they're now, still four if games. If they win behind. tonight, they split the series. They're still uh, three and a half games behind them though. Yep, that's why you got to get a win tonight and make it two and a half. Yeah, then go play Boston. Yeah, but that doesn't matter if they beat Boston. And, and there was a little bit I mean, of a benching clear. Yeah, there was a bench clear. Yeah, so what happened with that? Nothing really. The birds uh, were just chirping back and forth. Blue Jays. Brian and Baker, oh. who's like a middle of the pack reliever you know he got excited because he struck out a guy or whatever and apparently chapman was talking or somebody was talking and he then started looking in their dugout i don't know yeah he went like for those on the tv 10 he kind of made the hand motion like keep chirping or keep talking i'll strike him out and and the bench is cleared and then a door came out and the blue jays kind of like got scared because we all know what happens to Blue Jays against Rugnet Odor when it comes to punches. <laughs> all right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Coming up at 6 p.m. tonight on Talk Radio WRNR, you can hear the Touchdown City Show brought to you by the Touchdown City Podcast. Uh, they'll get you ready for the Mountaineers this week. Uh, tomorrow, you'll hear the Mountaineer, or excuse me, the Neil Brown Coaches Show, and then you'll hear NFL. The opening night coverage from Westwood One as the Bills take on the Rams. Uh, But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to Matt Faircloth, Craig Hunter, and Brian Thomas. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Poos saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of the Sports Mix. (laughs) 